You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the We Are Libertarians daily podcast, also the Simplistic Advice podcast. We got Hody Johns. We got Dale Melchin. We're your hosts. Hello. We're who you want to listen to. Uh, Dale, I got to admit, you're the expert on this one. Uh, so we're talking about inner dialogue and talking to yourself. Why don't you go ahead and uh, be, because I think that sounds like craziness to most people. Why don't you go ahead and break down what it means to be talking to yourself? It's not, and it's only crazy if you answer yourself, and even then, that's <laughs> questionable. Um, <clears throat> I read a book a while ago um, when I was going through a rough patch called, I don't know if I can do this, I'm going to do it anyway, they're getting free press. And I don't know if it's going to show up backwards, but What to Say When you're talk- when You Talk to Yourself by the author Shad Helmstetter. Yeah, Helmstetter, and he goes through an entire system of how to take control of your inner dialogue, how to use that as a springboard to help overcome personal problems, Um, and I'm just going to lead, and this is probably going to be the only excerpt I use from the book, but um, he has a section here called, excuse me, 1,400, excuse me, 1,000, 148,000 no's. So I shouldn't be doing live reads here if we ever get around to that part. <laughs> uh, it's a really big number, and you're a reader, not a mathematician, right? So right. come on. <laughs> so I'm just going to read this first paragraph. I'll give you an example of some of the negative programming most of us have received. During the first 18 years of our lives, if we grew up in a fairly average, reasonably positive home, We were told no, or what we could not do, more than 1,400. I can't do it today. 148,000 times. I got you, Doc. 148,000 times. If you're a little more a little more fortunate, you may have only been told no, only 100,000 times or 50,000 times. However many, it was considerably more negative programming than any of us needs. So. How does that, I mean, does that seem to, and that's not terribly scientific, but how does that jive with you, Hody Johns? Now, I see, I see getting told no, no a lot because I think children are natural explorers. Mm-hmm. And if they're going to live to see the, the ripe age of five years old, they need to get told a not, no a lot. It seems like to me. So what would be the harm in telling, uh, telling people no, no in the, in, in the household? Well, for safety reasons, obviously, I mean, you need to tell a kid no. Like, if, if you know, little Hody Jr. was going up and uh, with the fork, <laughs> get ready to attack the light socket, that would definitely be a no situation, followed up with by, here are the things that you would you can put the fork in. You could put the fork in the blue rare steak that, uh, that Uncle Dale made for you. Yeah. Or, um, you know, you can, you know, use that to eat a bit of keto cake. You know, you would you would want to follow it up with something positive. The the point that that Shad is making here in the book is so many of our problems stem from the fact that we've received the negative programming. We've and it, and it only gets worse because with yeah. the it, are you a product of the public school system? Or are you were you homeschooled? I I was a public school. Uh, uh, it, it's unfortunate, and you can probably tell when I stutter. But yeah, public schooling. <laughs> no, you don't stutter. Yeah, stutter, Hody, at all. I don't. I I think you're a very smooth talker. So I'll give you that positive affirmation there. But um, what the point that he's getting at is so much of so many of our problems stem from the fact that we've been told 
no, not just on safety issues, but on things like, you know, what a kid aspires to be. In fact, I'll, I'll get a little raw and, and rough here. Um, when I was a little kid, I wanted to be an astronaut. When I told my parents this, they laughed at me. And it, it actually was really heartbreaking. These are my biological parents, not the, uh, not the parents that I, that I currently claim. But what the issue was, they came back later on and told me, no, the reason why is because you're ha you have trouble with math and you need to know math and trigonometry. And I'm like, okay, well, then why did you laugh at me? So that kind of kiboshed that whole, for me, that whole thing of being an astronaut. I have no desire to be an astronaut now, but that's just, that's one example of, um, that's just one example of the, of the, of an incautious um, negative programming. Now, getting to the part where you're, you talk to yourself, he goes on, um, but that's just an example from my life. Um, what Shad goes on to talk about is basically using, it's not just your internal dialogue because you can, you can have a counter thought to a negative thought or a, a, um, a limiting belief, but that doesn't really make it quote unquote real. I know this sounds a bit woo woo. You actually have to physically say the opposite of the, of the negative, of the negative thinking or the negative programming. You need to think in terms of, let's just say you're learning, <clears throat> excuse me, let's just say you're learning a new skill and you, you start off by saying, you know, you, you screw something up. Um, you know, I'll pick on you a little bit. Let's just say you're, you're back cutting steaks. Uh, yeah. And you get the cut wrong. What's the first thing that you're going to do? Uh, start making kebabs because that's at that point, that's all they're good for. <laughs> well, that's one way to handle it. That's a very positive way to do it. But then the internal reaction, what do you typically, I mean, how do you, what's, oh, do you, an expletive? Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I get, I get upset. I get down on myself. I say, I think of the costs. I think of what I cost the company by making a mistake on, on the cut. Yeah. Okay. And those are the things to be, and those are things that, that are good to be mindful of. But the problem, the problem comes when we allow that that negative bias, that negative programming to get in it. Because if you if you have a repeat of that, what does that become? That becomes a mental habit. Yeah. And so the the key is to basically create a a counter program that eliminates that and builds in a new mental habit to help you, <clears throat> excuse me, to help you get on the right track to where like well. I made this mistake here. Somebody's having a kebab later, you know, instead of like, and you, you do this verbally to yourself, talking to yourself instead of letting the original programming run. And over time, and this is just one instance of, but over time, what winds up happening is you get a new track to run on in your head. So you learn to, you learn to detach. <clears throat> so you wind up learning to detach and see the thing for what it really is. It's a mistake. It's not a big deal. But it's it's yeah it's something that's costing the company something, right? But but, it, but I mean pennies and nickels instead of hundreds of dollars, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. You put, I, it, you put it into perspective, right? I, I think it's good that we talk about the external dialogue. I I like that. I didn't think about that until we went into this episode. But it's so true how that young external dialogue also affects your internal dialogue. When I am told, when you tell, when you're here, no, so many times, but people don't tell you why. Like you said, you got laughed at when you said I wanted to be an astronaut and it's devastating to your dreams as opposed to saying, Hey, you want to be an astronaut? Okay. Here's where you're going to have to get now. So we had, we, um, my girlfriend has a daughter 
Kaya. She's fantastic. Uh, she was into gymnastics for a little bit. And she was like, well, maybe I want to do the pro gymnastics thing. Now, instead of us saying, no, that's too much time, it's too expensive, you're going to have to compete too hard, we laid it all out before her. The, the hours, the commitment, what she was going to have to do. And she was like, you know, I, I, now that I'm looking at it, I just want to, I want to do it for fun. I don't really want to make this competitive like I thought I originally wanted to do. Right. But this was not us dissuading her. We didn't tell her no. We said it in front of her for her to make the decision. And that's really helped her as she's grown older, that type of thing, as opposed to saying, no, we're not doing that. To help explain with her. So instead of when a kid's like, hey, I want to go to McDonald's, instead of just saying no, you know, because we don't feel like it, they're always going to feel like that's the overlord. So when they grow up, I mean, how many kids do you hear say this? When I grow up, I'm going to eat McDonald's for every meal because my parents <laughs> just say no. They have well, no they have no explanation for it, right? They, have, they haven't heard the reason behind the no. And I think we're so convinced that our kids aren't ready to understand that. I think... You know, it's, it's like the parent that gets tired of their kid asking why. And believe me, I've seen my girlfriend parrot. I know it's difficult. <laughs> I understand. Why, why, Hody? Why, why, <laughs> why, why can be a pain. But ultimately, it gets to the point where you explain it, where the kid's like, I don't understand that. And, and for you to say like, hey, for you to explain that, you're going to have to read a book about physics. And <laughs> I, you're, you might be a little ways off, but I tell you what, here's a book about physics and I'm going to let you decide instead. Yeah. Um, definitely stick that book on physics in their, in their hand. And the, you know, this whole thing about what to say when you're talking to yourself, it doesn't just apply in terms of aspirations. It also applies in terms of day-to-day -day goals, in terms of, you know, how you, you know, what, and one of the other more woo-woo people that I I had gotten into, um, I'm trying to think, I can't, Woo woo! What? I was just, oh, woo -woo. oh I didn't yeah. know what you were doing. I thought you were motioning at the camera, at, at my camera for something. No. Um, it's, I'm trying to remember the book's probably over there, but I'm not going to go grab it in the middle of the show. Um, it'll come back to me. One of the things he says is thoughts, thoughts become things or thoughts are things. That sounds silly, but on the face of it. Yeah. Okay. It's silly. There's no scientific basis for it, but eventually those thoughts do become things because if you eventually have a repeated thought about something without any counter, without any counterbalance to it, right. it, it becomes a reality just because you think you act and then, you know, it's, it's rinse, lather, repeat at that point. So I found a lot of benefit in the book just because, you know, I wish I would have, I, I really wish I would have read it more um, before leading up to this. But, you know, it, it's one of those things where <clears throat> I would recommend anyone get the book. And um, I'll have you put it in the show notes later on. But it, it'll really give you a different perspective on overcoming that internal, that negative internal dialogue. And it even works, you know, when you're dealing with the, um, even the, the self-respect side of the house, I don't care for the word self-esteem, but you know, if you're constantly down on yourself, you're, you're just programming and, and hammering that in where you need to get to a point. If you're going to have any level of function, have a level of functionality, you need to start, you don't want to baby yourself, but you need to say some things that are affirming to yourself. Like, okay, this, this is okay. We, you know, with the poly floors that I did today, I, I was, you know, I, I had to rush. I, I had to hurry up and get those done. They're okay. I mean, probably my first rodeo doing those, but you know, it's one of those things where if you, if you just constantly, you're basically, it's, it's a thing we've talked about before. If you're constantly negative, it creates a chain that binds you to the problem. So, so, let's, so there, 
Yeah, let's let's talk about inner dialogue and talking to yourself a little bit here. Because I think people would say, I know offhand, even me, I would say, well, what's the difference between me being like, ah, oh, F, I cut the state wrong, moving on, versus, okay, I made a mistake, I'm going to rectify it in the future, it's going to be a couple of, you know, it's going to cost me this to fix this, and moving on. What's the difference between just saying ah f and then moving on what 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 is the established difference in your head and what how does that create problems well first of all uh can i swear on here oh uh, yeah <laughs> well first of all saying fuck is more fun than uh <laughs> saying the f word but um i try to keep it clean so uh sorry mom yeah sorry mom <laughs> no, it's fine. No, I, I wanted to say i wanted to say it anyway because i never say it on my show but um the I mean, it depends on how you're doing. If you're doing it in a way that's humorous, you know, that's, that, that'd be one thing. But if you're just on the, in the initial reaction, if you're down on yourself and you're reactive, it's not rational. Yeah, you need to move on. And if you can get through it that way, that's fine. But it's a problem where it's like, it's like a, if you ever watched Harry Potter, like it's like a spell rebounding on you. You, you, you put that expletive out into the world, but then it, it'll just rebound on you. The, 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 the part of taking control of your internal monologue externally engages your engages your brain, probably engages some part of the brain that I don't know what the name of it is. And it, it basically helps you develop a new habit when you're dealing with a problem. Because what winds up happening, and this is what I found in my own in my own life is I've I've let I've said the ne- negative thing so many times that it's that it's caused a dysfunction. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's been varying degrees, you know, of I don't want to get out of bed to, you know, I'm just in a foul mood all day. And part of that's and part of that's just being a contractor. But the other part of that is, you know, eventually you have enough, you know, you have enough nonsense in your in your wetware. It's going to slow you down and make you and make you not uh, functional. I think the, the thing to boil it down to is the, the difference is if you want to make an impact is a, is taking that approach is more rational and it helps you control and rewrite the dialogue. So that way, when you do mess up later, because you will mess something up later, um, he's like, "Okay, so this happened, and this is what I need. This is how it. This is what how I went off the rails, and this is what I needed to fix it." Instead of just beating yourself up because it's accomplishing no good purpose. Right, and, and I like that you tie in the that there's a there's an activation in the brain to this because those who have seen the NPC meme. Right. The guys who don't think for themselves, the gray head, mm-hmm. you know, we, we repeat what our leaders say. And then when someone makes an intellectual point, we all we know is to get upset. It is. That's not me, Hody. And that's not you. No, but it's literally the, the result of the, a lack of inner dialogue. The reason the NPC was created is because it has no inner dialogue. That's why it's funny is because you say, here's somebody who doesn't know how to talk to themselves. All they know is to regurgitate what they hear. So it goes from this young cycle where you get it when you're young and you learn to just say, well, I do what my leaders say. My leaders said no. I didn't really get an explanation, but they knew better than me. And Mm -hmm. so you learn this, they knew better than me into adulthood and you cease to function as a freely thinking human being. And really you're just good at regurgitating people that you believe are smarter than you. And there's a real danger in that because while some of these people can be smarter than you, there's also people who disagree what you, with what you've been taught that are also smarter than you. So right. you can, so it, it's a matter then of bias. You're just saying you become biased if you don't, if you're unable to have an inner dialogue because you just say, I have learned to trust 
These people smarter than me. Or I've learned to trust this way of thinking. And these people embody that. Uh, we, we talk about this on wall all the time. That the the wall over the border is a social program, and people and and you know what you're free to like or hate so all social programs if you want, but right now we see this dichotomy where the people who generally love social programs hate it, and the people who generally hate social programs love it, and the reason is because they're not having an inner dialogue, and so their philosophy is inconsistent because what they've done is they've trusted their leaders with it hmm. they've trusted the leaders with their thinking or they've trusted you know certain people who represent an idea with their thinking as opposed to thinking about it for themselves and right. and that inner dialogue for me that's what hmm. i think of when i think of inner dialogue is i say am i really struggling or contending with every issue that comes forward or do i say oh yes i know exactly what ben shapiro uh glenn beck uh bill maher Hody John says about it. I I know what Chris Bengel says about it. So this is the correct answer. You know, poor Chris inspires so many individual thinkers. You see the chat. We're at each other's throats 24 hours a day. (laughs) We, we don't agree on anything, but it's because we're thinking because we're having these thoughts. You know, I think for me, I have learned better thoughts by having bad thoughts, throwing them out there and learning to have the, and, and accepting the feedback for having those thoughts corrected. Yep. I think people who are unable to have an internal dialogue are also un- unable to understand that there's a set of facts that betray what they've been taught. Um, oh, yeah. I'm a big fan of the, the concept of lying with statistics. I love statistics. You hear me mention them on the show all the time. I talk about history all the time. I love economics. I love statistics. But ultimately, I can prove about any point with statistics by giving you a specific set of them. Yep. And if you're unable to have an inner, di- inner dialogue, then you're unable to defend yourself when you have the wrong set. Um, and so I, I, I'm going off here, but for me, that's what it's all about with having that internal dialogue, with being able to talk to yourself by saying like, let me think this through real quick. You know, is this consistent with what is my goals? Maybe it's not. Do I have a new goal all of a sudden? Hey, this is new information that is different from the information that I'm used to. Do I pull an NPC and get angry at the person who brought up the new information? Or do I accept it and say, yes, here's how I view that information? Instead of saying, um, you see people invalidate others' personal experiences all the time, right? Where we say, you know, well, I, I don't have that problem when I go out. So nobody has that problem when I go out. But they you know? don't. <laughs> oh, of course not, because my experience as a white person driving a car in the middle of Utah is the exact same as a black person driving a car, a car in Arkansas, right? I'm sure it's identical. No, and so, you know, what we take is our personal experiences and we invalidate others because it doesn't fit with our own worldview. And it's that lack of internal dialogue. And I know you kind of, you started it in this nice, innocent place of growing up in self-betterment. I'm kind of putting it into it to the idea of politics and philosophy You're politicizing the show again hody john i hate it when i do this dale i don't know how to turn it off i don't you know how to, to turn it off all right bring me back home ground me read this read this book okay and then do use a, a verbal do the actual do do the script write yourself a script of the opposite when you get the urge to do the politics thing consciously verbally do the opposite Whatever the opposite of that is. In other words, in this case, it's stay on the stay on the train track with me about self betterment, but that's fine. <laughs> I'll, 
some point. Right. Right, right. Well, um Dale, do you have anything else to add to this? I, I, I I'm I'm all thinking politics now. I need I need you to think, think. You're grounded. I know. I've I'm in timeout, guys. Here. What's the chat saying? Hey, what no, get that hat out of the way. I'm blocking the-, the camera camera. Stop. Stop. What's oh, Jason, Jacob just mentioned how we should choose our leaders wisely. And then when you held up the book, he said that may be the book that he was thinking about with choosing your leaders wisely. No, this is what to say when you talk to yourself. That's I don't know if he, he might have read that somewhere, but um I think going back to the going back to the, the inner dialogue side of us, I had some I had some thoughts while you were ranting, but now I'm I'm all externally, <laughs> you know, frustrated. No, I'm not really frustrated with you, Hody Johns, it's fine. Um <laughs> Getting back to the inner dialogue side of us, it's important because it, it ties back in with this. Because I'll tie I'll tie it together with a nice bow between the politics and that. One of the problems that you run into is with with these NPC folks is they don't get past the the second level of training because in in classical training you you have to go through a process of learning whatever whatever it is you're learning whether it's general learning you or it's anything else you have to go through a process of of rigor. You, you, everything is laid out for you, spelling the words, doing the math problems, learning how to construct a sentence. That's all fairly regimented and, and you don't do it. There's not a whole lot of thought except for the, the programming, the routinization of it. Second level is, and that's how you develop your, your theory. The second level is developing a practice of whatever subject it is. And then the third level, after you've mastered the theory and practice, is the creativity when you do start to think for yourself about it. And most people don't get past that first and second level. So the key is, again, is being conscious and aware of your reactions to the person who disagrees with you. Um, and sometimes it's just, I find that when I'm confronted with somebody who disagrees with me about something, sometimes it's it's not necessarily an I'm right, they're wrong, or, or even a full crisis. It's just the fact that, well, damn, that's inconvenient. I hadn't yes. thought about that. So then what's my reaction? Do I fly off the handle or, be like, or do I take the high ground and say, well, I hadn't thought of it that way. Let me give that a think. You know, I think that's the way to, that's the way to approach it if you're going to reprogram yourself. And it, it goes back to routinization. You have to recreate the, uh, and I don't know the, the exact word for it, but you have to recreate the mental habits of when you're in a dialogue, learning to not lose your cool mm-hmm. and assuming the humanity of the other person that, yeah, what you said earlier, there's people who disagree with this that are fairly smart and you have to respect that. But at the same time, you don't necessarily have to accede ground to them. You can just be like, yeah, I hadn't really thought of it that way. So sure. I, that's, there's something to be said for, and I learned this when I was a young evangelist in the uh, Christian church. I was I was learning to be a good steward of God, and and they said, you know, don't be afraid. I had a pastor that taught me that just said, don't be afraid to say, hey, can I look that up and get back to you next week if he gets stuck? And I think that that's a really good way to go about things to say, yeah, yeah, because a lot of times somebody say, well, oh, what you don't know about the theory of blankety blank. Look, there's so much knowledge on this planet. You're never going to know it all. And it's okay to just stop there for a second. Be like, you know what? I, I don't have a, I, there are meteorologists that talk about global warming that disagree with each other that have spent 20 plus years of study and then 20 plus years of vocation in that college. 
And so what yeah. am I going to stop up, step in there like the young hotshot that's watched a couple YouTube videos and be like, let me tell you, idiot, what's really going on. <laughs> no, I think there's a point where they say, hey, tell you what, read this book and tell me what you think. And you're either going to say, yeah, I'll read your book. I'm going to try to walk in your shoes or I'm not, you know, or I just could be like, I don't have the time, but this is how I feel. And in that case, why are you even talking with them? Now, let me get off of politics. Let me talk positivity. Because I think this is an important thing with inner dialogue is it's really easy to get negative if you don't have it. Not only because of the nose you mentioned. So you get used to being like, this is probably wrong. This is probably a bad thing to do. That creates a problem later in life. Because what happens is you're going to get an opportunity to take a risk and do something great that may make you millions of dollars and famous and maybe the exact thing the world needs. Or you might have the opportunity to take the safe way out. Now, look, maybe the safe way out is right for you. Maybe that's just your life and you say, that's the life I crave. But if you allow your dial, if you disallow a dialogue, you're always going to take the safe, boring choice when the world really needs your exciting choice. I'm of the belief that even... Whether you want to say like a guy who works in a cubicle or a janitor, I'll let you guys choose what the most boring vanilla job is, you know, whether it's your trash guy. But ultimately, there's going to be somebody who's call center, center, right? There's ultimately going to be somebody who's really passionate about it, who says, yeah, that might be somebody else's safe, boring job. But for me, it's the exciting job that I'm excited. Like, I'm, I'm going to bring new energy to it. And we just end up taking these wrong choices because we try to take these safe choices. Now... That's, that's actually a very real physical effect. But talk about the internal effect on you there as well. When you're used to saying no, no, you know, no, that's, there's probably something wrong with that. There's probably something wrong with me. There's probably a reason I'm not, you know, for you, there's probably a reason I'm not smart enough to be an astronaut. You know, for me, eventually I, I was like, you know, it's probably too, it's probably just too many years of school and too much investment to be a doctor. So I'm just going to do something else that's safe. And ultimately, I find myself making more money doing a podcast than I do going to my regular job. I have both, but this is more valuable for me. This I would have been better off taking the crazy thing instead oh, yeah. of taking the safe route. And I should have done that earlier. Now, I'm glad I did it now, but the what enabled me to do it was have that internal dialogue. And it created a positivity in me to say, I'm happy with this because it's my choice. I'm a bit, so I'm a big Rick and Morty fan. I know I've heard some swear words and I'm sure my bishop wouldn't approve, so don't tell him. But there's a part <laughs> where he tells um, Beth, where he tells Beth, he says, you know, I could replace you with a clone right now and you can get out and the clone won't, won't even know it's a clone. It'll behave exactly like you do and you can go do whatever you want. And she's like, I don't know if I can do that. And he's like, well, then stay and relish in a life that you know you chose. And for me, that was so impactful to just say, I know I'm living the life that I wanted. I know I'm living the life that I chose instead of life choosing me. For me, I am so happy, even though I am barely middle income, (laughs) I am such a happy person because I was able to say, this is the life that I wanted. I don't want more than what I have. Yes, I could have more, but it would take more of an investment It's not that I don't necessarily want to do those things. I just have no interest in pursuing it and and making that the investments and the sacrifices that it would take. And that's what's made me happy is because I know in my head by talking to myself, 
I'll go ahead and make this my final thought. I know by talking to myself that I am living the happiest life that I could because I was able to talk it out and say, you know what, Hody, maybe you could have been a doctor, but I see the life that they live and I see the investment they have to make and I don't want that. And then I say, you know what, Hody, you could have been a scientist, but I see the risks they have to take and I don't want any of those risks. I'd be uncomfortable. And I say, and I, then I say to myself, hey, Hody, you could be a podcaster. And I'm loving it. And, mm-hmm. and, and I decided to pursue it, and I love it. I, I, I look forward to these every Monday with you, Dale. I mean, it's, I've, met, I've met you and your great friend, and I've met Chris, and I've met groups of people, and I'm getting invited to weddings. And this is the social network that I needed to be a part of the whole time. When I was reaching on Facebook and vague booking messages and saying, oh, I hope somebody cares about me. You know, this is what I was trying to do is find this community. And so for me, I say, I found it. This is the happiness that I wanted with my life. This is my future. This is what I want to do. Podcasting may morph. You know, let's be honest. Podcasting is a morph from like journalism, right? People used to read stuff. Now now we're used to listening to stuff. You and I are on video right now on Facebook, literally right now. Yes, so, so it might morph into video. Who knows? I'm ready to ride that wave though. And I'm excited for what the world has because I've thought it out from within myself and say, you know what, Hody, there are other people that maybe could have tell you that could have done better, but this is your best life and you chose it and you should be proud of that. And so I have a lot of self-pride and happiness, even though people say, oh man, you could have been, people listening to this might even be like, dude, you could have been a doctor and you're happy to be a podcaster. What's wrong with you? You're always going to think that if you don't have an inner dialogue, if you don't say be, I need to be true to myself, you're always going to try to be true to the world instead of yourself if you don't have the inner dialogue. All right, that's my final thoughts. Hit it, bring us home, Dale. I can't think of anything else better. I, and I'll even affirm I'll even affirm your choices because you, in a sense, get to be a scientist with politics. You know, you, you're a political scientist in that sense. You you have the brain and the skill set of all those things, and you you know you've amazed me with the perspective that you're able to bring things. I mean, you you'll you'll put together this research. I'm just like. Where does he find the time to do this? You know, and I, I find it to be, um, I find it amazing that you're able to do all that stuff. You, you have a very keen mind, is what I'll say. You could, you could even be Batman if, uh, <laughs> if, what, if, if, if you had the, uh, the Bruce Wayne money side of the house. But um, I, I, I can't beat what you said, but I'll, I'll try to stack something up there with it. Um, you're such you a know, guy what? trying to beat what I say. <laughs> so competitive. I'm not trying to beat it. I'm not trying to beat anything. I'm just trying to just. Put a little something there alongside of it. <laughs> All right. Um, the the, B, the big thing with you, because you're always going to have the monologue. You always have the internal monologue, and it's going to say what it says. But you have to, the way to beat with that internal monologue is the sum total of all of the chosen and unchosen influences that, you ha- that you've had in your life over the course of 18 years. I, you know, it's almost like a perfect balance. I'm, I'll go ahead and spoil my age. I'm 38 years old right now. It took me, you know, I lived with, you know, my my biological parents with 18 years of negative influence, and it took me exactly 18 years to to get away from the uh, from the self loathing and the and the negative internal dialogue. Um, I kind of marked it out on my 35th birthday. I did the math and figured that out. But the important thing is is that you you do it. You you. It sounds hokey. It. It might well be hokey, but I think you'll find results if you, I don't get a dime for this book, but the book is What to Say When You Talk to Yourself by Shad Helmstetter, uh, PhD. 
and put some things into practice on it. You know, start with just talking to yourself. You may even get to the point where you make soundtracks for yourself to so that you can listen to them. But at least start with the whole grappling with the consciously grappling with the negative thoughts and replace them with something rational. Because I mean, Jordan Peterson said it best: you need to treat yourself like you're like you're someone taking care of someone else, and and make sure that you're um, and make sure that you're doing that. And that's all I've got, Hody Johns. Awesome. And everyone else, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in to, again this week. You can hear more of Dale at simplisticadvice.com. Again, we have him on We're Libertarians every Monday. You see him on the live. Uh, if you're not joining us live on Facebook, please do. Uh, you'll see What's the videos on you? YouTube. What's wrong with you? What's <laughs> wrong with you? Yeah, we got all kinds of fun stuff on the Facebook. So join in on the uh, the very lively discussions that we always have. But you can hear more from Dale at simplisticadvice.com. Of course, we're libertarians.com. Dale and, Dale and I do this uh, uh, collaboration, mishmash, mosh Self- pit. Self-betterment superpower team-up is what I like to call it. Self-betterment superpower team-up. That's much better than brain mosh, which is what I was going to call it. (laughs) Anyhow, thanks again for joining us, everybody. You enjoy the rest of your day. Bye, guys.